0: This is Episode 7, U.S. Immigration Reform Update and the I-601 Immigrant Waiver for the 310-Year Unlawful Presence Bar. Hello and welcome to the Legal Immigrant Podcast. I'm Diane Williams, your host and a U.S. Immigration Attorney at Diane Williams Law. As of the date of this episode, The U.S. Citizenship Act of 2021 has yet to be introduced in Congress. It was sent by the White House to Congress on January 20, 2021, which was the first day of the Biden administration. It provides an earned path to citizenship for certain undocumented immigrants who are physically present in the U.S. on or before January 1, 2021. This bill calls for the most comprehensive reform on immigration. Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey is the lead sponsor of the bill. He's hopeful to get bipartisan support on the bill, including from Republican senators who are interested in immigration reform for farm workers and high-tech, high-skill workers. The U.S. Citizenship Act of 2021 has yet to face a vote, and it's uncertain whether this bill will be passed and become law. It's possible it could be split up to have certain provisions passed. I provided a general overview of the bill in episode 6, so you can check that out if you want to learn more about the provisions. One of the common questions I've been getting is how this bill will affect admissibility. Section 212 of the Immigration and Nationality Act lists the various grounds that bar foreign nationals from entering the United States. They include certain criminal offenses, fraud or misrepresentation of material fact to obtain U.S. immigration benefits, Illegal reentries to the U.S. and the unlawful presence bar. The Biden administration's proposed bill seeks to get rid of the three-ten-year unlawful presence bar. This would be a major departure from current law, which requires a special waiver for this inadmissibility ground. Immigrant visa applicants who have this bar must first receive an I-601 or I-601A waiver for the visa to be issued. Non-immigrant visa applicants with this bar. Need a 212d3 waiver. In this episode, I'll focus on just the immigrant waiver. Both the I 601 waiver and I 601a waiver are used to overcome the 310 year unlawful presence bar. I 601 waiver and I 601a waiver applicants must have a qualifying relative who will suffer extreme hardship if they are not granted reentry to the U.S. before the 3 or 10 years pass. But there are key differences between the I-601 waiver and I-601A waiver application. Section 212A9B of the Immigration and Nationality Act says the three-year bar to reentry applies if you are unlawfully present in the U.S. for more than 180 days, but less than one year, and then depart the U.S. prior to commencement of removal proceedings. The U.S. government adds up all the days you were unlawfully present in the U.S. in a single ongoing period of stay, that is, a continuous period of unlawful presence. The three-year bar does not apply if you depart the U.S. after the notice to appear in removal proceedings is filed with the immigration court, following service of the NTA on you. But leaving the U.S. while you are in removal proceedings or being issued a removal order carries other immigration consequences. Section 212A9B of the INA also states that the 10-year bar to reentry applies if you're unlawfully present in the U.S. for one year or more and then depart the U.S. The U.S. government adds up all the days you were unlawfully present in the U.S., even if they were from different periods of stay, that is, the aggregate period of unlawful presence. You begin to accrue unlawful presence only after April 1, 1997, when the law was passed and once you turn age 18. Unlawful presence begins to accrue when you set foot on U.S. soil without lawful admission or inspection. It also accrues if you fall out of status after you have been lawfully admitted to the U.S. There may be exceptions for F, M, or J non-immigrants depending on the policy that existed when they violated their status. The three-tenure bar to re-entry is triggered only if you leave the United States. This doesn't mean you should never leave the U.S. to legalize your immigration status through consular processing, but you should know there are risks to your departure. Illegally re-entering or attempting to illegally re-enter the U.S. further complicates your case and triggers a permanent bar under certain circumstances. A person who is inadmissible due to the three-tenure bar may not receive an immigrant visa before the bar expires without first obtaining an I-601 waiver or I-601A waiver. Only certain immigrants qualify for this waiver. There are key differences between the I-601 waiver and the I-601A waiver to overcome the unlawful presence bar. I-601 applicants file for the regular waiver on the Form I-601 Application for Waiver of Grounds of Inadmissibility. I-601A applicants file for a Provisional Unlawful Presence Waiver with USCIS, which must be approved before they depart the U.S. for consular processing. Normally, the I-601 application is filed only when the person is outside the U.S. I-601 applicants usually depart the U.S. and attend their visa interview at the U.S. consulate before they file for the regular waiver. They bear a higher risk of being separated from their family in the U.S. for 3 or 10 years if they do not receive the waiver following departure from the U.S. They must wait for the I-601 decision while they are outside the U.S. and separated from their family. The I-601A application may be filed only if the person is physically present in the U.S. These applicants file for the provisional waiver while they are still in the U.S., before they depart the U.S. and attend the visa interview at the U.S. consulate. Being granted the provisional waiver increases the likelihood that the U.S. consulate will issue the immigrant visa at or shortly after the interview. I-601 a applicants may wait for the decision from USCIS while they are still in the U.S. with their family. The provisional waiver provides several advantages but has many limitations. For example, If the U.S. Consulate discovers the visa applicant has prior immigration violations, a criminal history, or has used fraud or willful misrepresentation of material fact that were not disclosed on the application, the approved I-601A provisional waiver will be revoked, and the applicant then has to file for a regular I-601 waiver if available. Another difference is that the I-601 waiver can be filed in conjunction with an immigrant visa or K-1 visa. The I-601A waiver can only be filed in connection with an immigrant visa, but not a K visa. I-601 applicants may be seeking a K-3 non-immigrant visa or K-1 fiancé visa based on a proof petition. Meanwhile, I-601A applicants must first have an approved I-130 immigrant petition in order to file for a provisional unlawful presence waiver. The most significant difference between the two waivers is that the i 601 waiver can be used to waive additional grounds of inadmissibility, such as criminal convictions and immigration fraud. The I-601A waiver is only for the 310-year unlawful presence bar. The Form I-601 allows the applicant to file from multiple grounds of inadmissibility, such as crime-related grounds and fraud or willful misrepresentation, to gain immigration benefits, not just for unlawful presence. In contrast, the I-601A application cannot be used to waive any other grounds but unlawful presence in the U.S. If you are subject to other inadmissibility grounds, you may not file the Form I-601A, if you are present in the U.S., you should consult a qualified U.S. immigration attorney to determine whether you actually need to depart the United States to apply for an immigrant visa or whether you may apply for adjustment to permanent residence in the U.S. without leaving the country. This is important to know because a 3 year bar is triggered only if you leave the United States. Persons in the U.S. who are ineligible to adjust to permanent resident status typically include undocumented immigrants who entered the U.S. without being inspected and admitted or paroled and do not qualify for 245I benefits. Second is crew members aboard a ship or airplane who entered the U.S. on a C-1 visa. Third is a person who entered the U.S. with a K-1 fiancé visa but never married their U.S. citizen petitioner or is not applying for a green card based on that marriage. Fourth is a person in the U.S. who failed to maintain non-immigrant status and are not applying for a green card as an immediate relative of a U.S. citizen or as a K-1 beneficiary who married the U.S. citizen petitioner. There are only a few exceptions to this rule. The fifth is J-1 or J-2 exchange visitor who is subject to the two-year foreign residence requirement and has not met or been granted a waiver of this requirement. There are certain exceptions to the unlawful presence rules. First, any period of unlawful presence prior to April 1, 1997, which is when the law went into effect, does not count towards the three-year, ten-year bars. The INA also excludes the following persons from accruing unlawful presence. Minors who are under age 18, asylees, Beneficiaries of Family Unity Protection under Section 301 of the Immigration Act of 1990, Qualified Battered Spouses and Children who are filing a VAWA self-petition, Victims of Severe Form of Trafficking in Persons, and Tolling for Good Cause. These exceptions are further explained in the article listed in the show notes of this episode. So who qualifies for the Immigrant Waiver for Unlawful Presence Bars? First, you must have a qualifying relative who will suffer extreme hardship if you are not admitted to the U.S. A qualifying relative is a U.S. citizen or permanent resident spouse or parent or U.S. citizen fiancé. Being a parent of a U.S. citizen or permanent resident child does not make you eligible for the unlawful presence waiver. Being eligible for the waiver does not necessarily mean you will get it. USCIS also has to exercise favorable discretion. In addition to proving that your qualifying relative will face extreme hardship if you're not admitted to the U.S., you also have to present evidence showing the positive factors outweigh the negative factors in your case. To determine whether the qualifying relative will face extreme hardship if the applicant is not admitted to the U.S., USCIS will consider several factors. They include health problems, financial considerations, Loss of opportunity for higher education or disruption in professional career. Personal considerations such as having very close relatives in the U.S. Special factors such as cultural and language barriers, religious and ethnic obstacles, social unrest, civil war, or widespread poverty, or high crime rate in the applicant's home country. Filling out the I-601 or I-601A application is just the first step the harder part is convincing the USCIS that you're eligible for the waiver and deserve it as a matter of discretion. Although extreme hardship is not defined by US immigration law, it's more than just the normal emotional hardships or financial difficulties that result from family separation or relocation. A qualified immigration lawyer will help you prove your qualifying relatives will suffer extreme hardship if you are separated from them while you're abroad or if they move overseas to be with you. If you are a a self-petitioner, the lawyer can also help you prove that you personally would suffer extreme hardship if you're denied the requested relief. Seek counsel to determine whether you actually need the waiver and whether you qualify for it. A good lawyer will also advise you on the documentary evidence to submit, prepare a legal memorandum explaining how you qualify for the waiver and why you deserve it, and put together the strongest waiver application to maximize the chance of success. As of today, the 310-year Unlawful Presence Bar continues to exist under immigration law that went into effect in 1997. Whether immigration reform or changes in the law will get rid of this bar remains uncertain. This is general information only. Do not consider it as legal advice for your case. U.S. immigration laws, policies, and regulations are subject to change. To get specific guidance or to schedule a consultation on the I-601 or I-601A Immigrant Waiver for Unlawful Presence, contact me through my website at dianewilliamslaw.com or email me at info at dianewilliamslaw.com. Thank you for joining me. Stay tuned for the next episode on the Legal Immigrant Podcast.